0: Greetings and welcome to Bird on a Wire, a podcast series presented by the Recombobulation Area and hosted by Luann Bird, featuring conversations on hope, civility, and action. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dan Schaefer, and I'm the founder of the Recombobulation Area and the producer of this podcast series. For episode 10 of Bird on a Wire, Luann and I were joined by Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley. We talked about the county executive's path to a career in public service after facing certain challenges growing up in Milwaukee, and we also spent a lot of time talking about shared revenue and local taxes as the bill reshaping the system and allowing Milwaukee to raise its sales tax makes its way through the state legislature. Crowley has been instrumental in negotiating key aspects of that deal, and he shared a lot of insight and information about the legislation that's coming together. The lead sponsor for the Bird on a Wire podcast series is Civic Media, the fastest growing hometown radio network in Wisconsin, broadcasting local news, talk, sports, music, and sensible commentary throughout the state. Visit civicmedia.us to find your local station and tune in to your community. Civic Media, hometown radio refreshed. Supporting sponsors for this series include Marianne Lubar and Marlene Ott. So, without further ado, here's Lou Ann Bird.
1: Welcome to Bird on a Wire. This is episode number 10, the last episode in our series. So I'm Luann Bird, your host uh, for this particular podcast, and I am with David Crowley, our county executive for Milwaukee County. And we have Dan Schaefer here, who's our, our actual producer for from the Recombobulation area. Uh, and he's been producing all of these podcasts. So I got to start for a minute thanking everybody, thanking everybody out there who has listened to these podcasts, for all of my guests, all of my hosts, for all of my people, and for the sponsors uh, who, who made this possible for all the listeners. So that would be Civic Media and Marianne Lubar and uh, Marlene Ott. So thanks to all of you. And let's just start with County Exec. I have to start with full disclosure now. Full disclosure, I was, uh, my, you might know a little about my story, but mm. my husband was paralyzed like 33 years ago. And in that journey, I ended up trying to figure out how to make things wheelchair accessible. That was what got started me. Right. Is it? And I, I joined at one point the League of Women Voters, and I'm going to these luncheons in Oshkosh, and uh, Dorothy Schwartz was there, and she was on the county board. And I have to tell you, I didn't even know what a county board was back then. Mm. Didn't know what it was, what it did, how it functioned. That's how non-political I was growing up. So I have full disclosure. And there might be some people out there that don't know what a county mm-hmm. board does and what the county exec does. And you know, so True. over the years I also wanted you to know I have an MPA. Oh. So I'm keeping an eye on you. It's all right. Masters of public administration. <laughs> but anyway, so we're here to talk with David about the county and about you and about like civility and hope and action and what can we do. What more can our listeners do? That's Absolutely.
2: Well, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for, for having me. Uh, it's nice to be on the last episode of Bird on the Wire. So I just want to say congratulations on what you have been doing um, and really appreciate you sharing your story. I think stories uh, are very powerful. One, making a connection, but also understanding what motivates and what drives a person to do the work that they're doing. So truly appreciate you doing that and doing this as well.
1: No problem. No problem. So, uh what can you tell us about maybe a brief, like how did you get to this level? Absolutely. And then what are you working on?
2: Absolutely. So I, so just brief background about me, and who I am. Born and raised here in the city of Milwaukee. Um, I am the middle child. I have two uh, two brothers, one older, one one younger. So I've learned how to take orders and give direction. Um, And, you know, my parents struggled, you know, early on in life. You know, my dad was a master electrician. Mother was a Jane of all trades and both struggled from, uh, you know, drug addiction or, you know, had a household that had some family uh, mental health issues. And so, you know, I think about that background. And then fast forward, when I was a junior in high school, I learned about organizing and organizing through an organization called Urban Underground literally saved my life. Taught me how to love myself, how to love my community. But more importantly, with them saving me, I wanted to give back. And so I continued to do community organizing and then I got involved in politics. Uh, in 2010, I got my very first start working for United States Senator Russ Feingold, which was a great experience as his statewide African-American organizer. My first time doing politics, actually. Um, and folks said I was good at it and I actually liked it. And so uh, I continued to organize and I met a woman by the name of Nakia Harris at the time. Now, Nakia died. She was a county board supervisor. She hired me as her legislative aide. So I worked on the county board for about a year and a half before she became a state senator and worked for her as a senator for four years. And, you know, that whole time I used to tell myself I would never run for office, (laughs) you know, Um, but I got bit by that bug. And so I I ran for office I won my first race in the fall of 2016 and and was elected to the state assembly of the 17th assembly district. Uh, But I was also elected co-chair of the Black and Latino Caucus, chair of our Black Caucus and chair of our Milwaukee delegation, and was learning how to you know, build relationships, get things done, work across the aisle, and then this seat opened up uh, in the fall of 2020, uh, 2019 and uh literally leaped before I actually looked um, when it when it came down to actually uh, you know running for this seat and and won uh, in the middle of a pandemic. April seventh yeah. was the yeah. election, uh, sworn in May twenty twenty, and we've been doing great work ever since, starting with the pandemic, but. To give viewers a better sense of what we do with Milwaukee County, the county is pretty much the the, the health and human service arm of of the state of Wisconsin. Counties are directly uh, a part of the state uh, constitution, and we actually deliver many of the services. Uh, that they fund. So they send dollars our way to the counties and we provide services like uh, senior services, disability services, youth services. Uh, We're responsible for uh, supporting the court systems when you think about our judges, our district attorneys, our our public defenders. Uh, We also have the the Community Reintegration Center, formerly the House of Correction, where we house individuals uh, who have been convicted of misdemeanors. Uh, But we also deal with uh, homelessness and housing. Uh, We have the Milwaukee County transit system, which is extremely vital uh, to Milwaukee County residents. Uh, But I would always say that the crown jewel and what brings people to Milwaukee County a lot uh, is our Milwaukee County parks. And so uh, we are responsible for the parks, uh, for the airport and things of that nature.
1: I have to admit, I I love the parks and I I thought that the beer gardens were a brilliant idea because it brings families in, it, it helps with safety, it brings in revenue, and it's really brought my family even more so although when the kids were little i took them to the parks all the time oh, and yeah. i still do <laughs> don't get me wrong i still do so yeah that's a that's a part that i don't that sometimes is under undervalued under not undervalued but under talked about i mean it's <laughs> we need to use our
2: parks more i mean yeah. our parks should be a physical and mental safe haven for everyone yeah. for families for individuals mm-hmm. and the more we activate our parks you know the safer our parks actually become because you they're bet. being utilized
1: You bet i just before we, Dan, I wanted to say something. Before we do, though, I want to go back to one thing you said early on. Somebody saved you. Mm-hmm. And who, tell me a little bit more about that. What what specifically the, the, did they do for you that saved you?
2: That's a great question. So it was an organization called Urban Underground. And shout out to both Reggie and Charlene Moore. You know, when I was a, a junior in high school, um, I lived in some of the roughest parts, you know, all my life throughout Milwaukee. Um, and so when you think about 23rd in Burleigh, where I started, maybe 22nd and Brown and 22nd and Vine and 29th and Lloyd or 29th and uh, Walnut, 5th um, and Lapham. And that's when I learned about Urban Underground. My GPA wasn't the greatest. I was the class clown. I wasn't doing the things that uh, that I felt like I should be doing because I didn't have those mentors. I didn't have anyone necessarily pushing me uh, in a positive direction. And I will tell you that, you know, this is an organization one that taught me uh, that there was much more uh, going on in the world than it was happening on my na- in my neighborhood on my right. block and I think that you know an example of that is is that there are there are young people in this community in the city of Milwaukee who may live two miles away from the lakefront and yet have never seen Lake Michigan. And I, and, and I think about even my own experience, you know you don't know what you don't know. My grandmother used mm-hmm. to say that mm-hmm. you could fit the, I could fit everything you know in the smallest corner of a piece of paper and everything you don't know I can fill the ocean with mm-hmm. and, and and urban underground really exposed me to things happening in many parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was traveling with them, I started doing wow. some organizing and facilitating with them, yeah. and it really set me on this path of, of wanting to give back to how did community.
1: you get connected to them?
2: It, very randomly. I was um, I was actually a junior in high school and they would actually come to your cafeteria to recruit. They would come to oh, your school to recruit. Okay. And a guy um at the time that I used to run with and we didn't do all the greatest things together. We weren't but we weren't bad kids either. Uh, but he he was sitting uh, at the cafeteria table and he was sitting next to his cousin who just happened to be recruiting for Urban Underground. And I went on. He called me over and he was like, David, come on over. I went over there, you know, started chatting with him. And, and I said, so what's up? He was like, nothing. Didn't want nothing. Just called you over. So I start seeing this video playing about all these great things that these young people were doing. And I inquired about it and I signed up. And I, to be honest with you, it was the first thing. Um, I ever was committed to as a, you know, as a young person. You know, I played sports, I worked, but I never gave my commitment to sports into my employment at the time the way I should have. But Urban Underground helped change that and improve that. Wow, era.
1: interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. So now, how does that influence your work?
2: Well, I think about my own experience and it has influenced the work that we have been doing at the county tremendously. Um, you know, growing up, you know, the first house that I moved into was a dollar house that my dad fixed up. You know, master electrician, he was doing a lot of things. And what ended up happening, um, you know, I want to make sure I'm answering this. What was your question again? Because <laughs> well, can...
1: How did that, you're growing up in that organization oh, yeah. and saving you, how does that influence your work today?
2: So being evicted three times, right, before I was a sophomore in high school, Um You know, moving every year of my life for about 16 years has influenced uh, my my value in housing particularly. That's one of the reasons why we have heavily invested in our Housing First program. And I'm I'm happy to talk about the fact that Markey County for the second year in a row has had the lowest unsheltered homeless population in the country per capita. Um, and that's why we I do this, because I know that housing is a, is a huge issue. And when Matthew Desmond's book, Evicted, came out, uh, we wanted to double down and make sure that the county was stepping up. Uh, we've done things as far as, you know, uh, uh, allocate dollars to organizations like Legal Aid to provide Um, uh, legal assistance when facing an eviction. Um, When we think about our transit services, the only reason why I know how to travel through the city of Milwaukee is because I had to catch the city bus, excuse me, city bus, right? We call it a city bus. It's actually a county bus. And I had to catch the county bus everywhere. And so, you know, county buses are important. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm excited about the opening up of the the BRT line uh, that's happening in June, and we're doing a study right now. When you think about the north-south, creating a north-south BRT route, uh, but even mental health—you know, um, having a family who has who has suffered from mental health and seeing the untreated mental health crises um, in communities that I lived in—we uh, wanted to make sure that there were greater access. So uh, we we we've, you know we've been working on a behavior health redesign for 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 a long time, and now we have the new uh, mental health emergency center that is. Uh, going to be operating uh, this year for the first time for a full year. So, really excited about that with the partnership with the four healthcare systems. And that's Advocate Aurora, that's Freighter, that's Children's, and that's Ascension. And this is a first of its kind of partnership actually in this country. And we hope to, to talk about it to see how we can help other communities do the same thing. Uh, but there's a lot, I mean, that we're trying to do. I mean, when you think about our our residents who are, are are in the CRC trying to make sure that we're providing them the skills and and providing them the support not just with community organizations but allowing easier access for their children uh, for their families to be able to interact with them to make sure that they don't have to come back through that building and so uh, and, and, and right now the discussion around shared revenue um, I think many people understand that. You know, Milwaukee County does not have the revenues that we actually deserve. We send a lot more money uh, to the state of, uh, of Wisconsin, and we don't receive those dollars back. and And then the result has been generations of disinvestment. and And, and if we want to see a change, if we want to make sure that we're uh, that that all the boats rise when the tide rises. We need to make sure that we are ahead of the curve and investing um, uh, in in, in communities that have
0: seen so much disinvestment.
1: So let's assume that my listeners don't really know shared revenue and how it works. So please give us the, like, 101 and maybe... Well, first,
0: I would recommend that some of you read the latest uh, from Phil Rocco's series at the Recon Area because (laughs) we have had a whole lot of work breaking down uh, this shared revenue bill uh, that's making its way through the capital, of Madison. But uh, but obviously, we we have an opportunity to hear, hear right from you yep. about that. So uh, so yes. so let's break it down. Let's yeah. So down. so shared revenue
2: is a extremely antiquated way that we fund local governments all across the state of Wisconsin. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, implemented in 1911. And what happens is is that. Uh, our sales taxes basically go all the, all to the state. I mean, even when you think about some of the fees that we collect, even at the county, a portion of those fees also goes to the state. And, and and so in turn, what happens, the state then makes a decision on how much money all local municipalities are going to have access to, because they have this funding formula on what the city of Milwaukee is going to get what West Dallas and what Wawatosa and what other communities are going to get. And about 20 years ago, uh, uh that that fund remained stagnant, or how, it was cut. Is, let
1: me try. And, and the reason
2: why that. it was stagnant is because yeah. the state no longer began putting more money to actually grow the pot for local municipalities. And so, as our costs continue to rise, we have had to become more innovative in figuring out how do we actually provide the same level of services with the same amount of dollars that we we're receiving from the state.
1: So there's a formula.
2: There is a formula. With their,
1: do they change the formula? Do they? How do they figure out what you're getting? They don't look at each community, do they? And say, they don't how look how at each community.
2: That? Well, how do they do it? That, so I, that's a joint finance uh, committee question. Yeah. I really don't know. Uh, you know, but what I would say is that there are members that are part of the JSC. Okay. Uh, whoever's in the majority, they have they have about uh, uh, eight members on that committee. Okay. Um, whoever's in the minority has four members on that yeah, committee, yeah, and then they, right they make a decision. On, that, okay. on those allocations. So
1: I just want to point out that right now there are eight Republicans and four Democrats. Correct. And that is because we have gerrymandered lines because technically we should be a closer to a 50 50 state. We are okay, a I got state. that. 2% so then, is a
0: landslide win and it's and getting into that. We're Wisconsin landslide. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not There's there. a whole lot of other things with that Joint Finance Committee. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's not, a whole, that's a whole other line. episode. Yes, that's right. another episode. But do they
1: approve um a, uh, an amount? And then it gets kicked yeah, back so, to, the, to the, that's what I'm saying, to the amount. And then it goes back to somebody who looks at the formula and distributes it.
2: Absolutely. So the amount okay, as okay. of right now has you been about $800 million, $900 million okay. uh, in And they do years. it every
1: year. They pick an amount. Every two every, years. Every, every, every I mean, every budget, every budget cycle. Yep. They pick an amount based on what?
2: It's the funding formula that we call shared no, revenue. That,
1: no, no. First, they pick an amount Oh,
2: that, that amount has been has been the same for 20 years.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the where problem. it's not changing.
2: That's where it's not changing. Okay,
1: and so that's what I was trying to get my head around, because mm-hmm. if that amount hasn't changed and our taxes have gone up, our the revenues have gone up, and we've been paying more taxes based on just inflation over 20 years, mm-hmm. and the, so the state's been getting more of that, right? Oh, absolutely. They've been getting more money, and yet they're not turning around and giving the portion of it back that reflects that increase correct so what are they doing with that money
0: well they're keeping it, they're they,
1: keeping <laughs> it. okay dan you want to chime in here
0: well i think i mean that is that's the point that is here. Kind of what they're doing they have the they that's have a the seven point. million dollar surplus mm-hmm. right now at the state and i you know this is me kind of injecting my opinion on this of course <laughs> a little bit but i think a lot of that has been built on the backs of local government absolutely I think, uh local government has been more or less defunded over the past couple decades, not just a Republican thing, not just, you know, it's been both parties It happened Mm -hmm. under Jim Dole's administration too. It's been more of a Republican problem in the past decade plus since they've had the levers of power uh, in state government uh, and have, you know, wanted to scale back the size of government, cut back budgets. So you're talking about these these shared revenue numbers, you know, those pass through in each state budget. And they have been not increasing Correct. uh along with uh along with inflation okay. along with increasing costs and all these other things now the the way that they're overhauling this uh in madison now you know there's there's some uh some things that have been you know kind of reformed to make it so that that formula is more tied to the sales tax collections so 20 percent of all sales tax collections would go and that would be a little bit more indexed to, you know, changes in inflation and, Correct. and, and, you know, just overall tax collection, very variations from year to year. Um, but the way that it's been, has been, you know, things have been cut back for two decades yes. and now we're in this situation where, you know, there've been a, a whole bunch of proposals over the course of, especially over the past decade in Milwaukee yes. to say, Hey, we need a new revo- revenue, solution, Uh give us the opportunity to have a revenue solution. And the state has said no and said no and said no over and over again. Uh, And now we're at the point where the city and county are kind of approaching these fiscal cliffs uh, in the city in 2025 and the county in 2027 um, to need, An actual solution. Yeah, we need a solution. We can't keep talking about when we're going to do this. We need to do this now. So that's why we're having this conversation
1: now. So why couldn't you just increase our taxes to make up for um, the inflation that has gone on or maybe the expansion of programs that affect these homeless people, these children, busing, all of these great Mm -hmm. services that come from our county? Why haven't you been able to? So now, so you take 20 years and the pot is only so big but so the pot is technically shrinking if they don't give you any more money. Correct. So then why can't you just make that up through property taxes? Why can't I
2: mean you? great question. So, you know, we started to do different modeling about how we can actually close this gap. I mean, when you think about property taxes alone, we would have to uh, raise property taxes about 40%. Okay. 40% on all are you, communities. It,
1: are your hands tied? You
2: know, so uh, I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> <I, I>,
1: Does <laughs> the state have a limit, though? There is
2: there is a limit. So yeah, and, and that's so what like so so there's
1: a limit, isn't there? Yeah. We so we can't just
2: tax. We can't just tax. So you know, one, we'll have to raise about forty percent. Some people will say, "Well, how, why not just go to the state not look at the sales tax option and ask them for an increase in shared revenue for that gap?" Well, that's about a six hundred percent increase in shared revenue alone for Milwaukee County. And I don't see whether Democrat or Republican not seeing how that's a path forward. And when you think some people say, "Well, just add on fees," there are not a lot of fees that we have the ability to raise outside of the vehicle registration fee. And even if we raise that, which is already thirty dollars for the county's portion, even if we raise that, that money can only be earmarked for transportation or certain transit type of options. And so the reason why, and so even folks say, "Well, raise property taxes." Well, there's a, a levy limit. We cannot raise property taxes uh, more than one percent, or based off of net that's new construction. That's what I
1: thought. So you can't just that, raise. No,
2: we can't. And, and the thing and is, that's a state law. And that's a state so law. So the state yeah. comes
1: in; they don't give you enough money. They limit the amount you can raise your property taxes. Correct. By the way, you know, being a property taxpayer, so if I bought a car twenty years ago, I paid X number of taxes. Now here we are twenty. I buy a car, I pay X number of taxes, which is a lot more money than it was twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And they keep all of that except for whatever they gave back 20 years ago. Right. This is, okay, so then if if I'm the taxpayer and the only solution is to raise my taxes, that just doesn't seem fair anyway.
2: Well, well I mean. I we... mean,
1: not when the state's keeping it all. And then what do I know they're doing with it?
2: Well, I mean that's the that's the thing, right? And and you know, the, being in the state legislature, and folks will tell you, there's a lot of competing interests when you're doing these different types of budgets yeah.
0: in the state legislature.
1: You know, no, we always, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different competing <laughs> okay. interests. So, um, and so yeah, that's one of the reasons. Why and the reason why I think we're we're at this place now, you know, twenty years later, being able to have this conversation yeah. was. You know, we. You know, I stepped out my my geographical comfort zone and started to go into different places and helping them to understand where Milwaukee County works, like where what we places were. you going to So we've. I've been to Chippewa Falls. We're going to oh, Green Bay. We're going, going to Warsaw. Around, around the state, because we need those those communities to understand what is at stake for Milwaukee County. And the thing, also the other thing is that those other communities are in the same position as Milwaukee County. The only difference is. There's a little bit more. There's many more zeros behind those numbers for, yeah, Milwaukee, for Milwaukee County everybody because of the diverse population
1: around the state. Every yep. municipality's been starved. Everyone, from, right? So it's
0: been painted so much as a Milwaukee problem,
1: but I it's not. yes,
0: but it is the shared revenue problem is something yeah. that is impacting everybody. Across oh, absolutely. Way. I mean, we even had our, our neighbors, you know, in Waukesha County. Waukesha County Executive Paul Farrow, oh, yeah. was saying he was, you know, he was yeah. even saying that there wasn't enough yeah. in the Re- Assembly Republicans' proposal. Um, you know, to, to reform. This. Yes. So it, it's it's a problem that rich counties, poor counties, big counties, small counties, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's hurt.
1: You know, I just want to point out that this is, uh, that's why I asked you, you know, talk about what we do in the county. Mm-hmm. This isn't money that just goes to this administrative building and sits here. This is money that funds the homeless programs, that funds the health. And by the way, veterans use those. You have veteran oh, services as well that can tap into the county if you need help with uh homelessness or housing there's a whole resource center out there also for for veterans and so there's children and family programs and there's courts and there's all this stuff we
2: serve everybody
1: and that's where the money's going it's not like it's being wasted but i don't know that everyone connects the dots to that
2: well absolutely i we mean we don't
1: talk enough about some of that there's
2: there's there's no there's no dollars that can yeah. be wasted wasted you know not when you really. think about even we're, we're what we've had to do up until this point we've had to in the past 20 years we've probably cut half of our employees at milwaukee county in the past 10 years we've reduced our expenditures by 300 million dollars and so as we continue to move forward there's nothing that we can trim fat from we're and we're in a position where we're going to have to cut off a major a major limb at this moment
1: That's right. And I know a lot of people suffered when the county parks couldn't open their pools. You know, there's there's this is going to have the ripple effect on on all of us. So um, a proposal is being well, first, I want to tell you that when I ran against Bob Donovan and lost Mm -hmm. and then when he was sworn in. I went to that. He was sworn in in Greenfield and you were there and the Milwaukee mayor was there and Robin Voss was there and uh, the mayor of um, Greenfield was there and the whole discussion was shared revenue, like this big... picture I, frankly mm-hmm. when elections are over i like seeing some bipartisan stuff going on up there you know yep. i'm like is this really going to work has that worked for
2: you it, i will tell you that we have had some high stakes negotiations yeah. when okay. crafting you know crafting this piece and so yeah. you know uh the mayor and i uh, our teams we have we've been negotiating probably the last three months with um who? Uh, so we started with the assembly republicans um and then we had some Assemb-
1: who assembly in the do, who do you talk to
2: leadership, Boston's, Boston's leadership. Okay. We was talking with leadership and not just okay. leadership. So we're talking about, you know, Republican leadership who, uh, uh, not just with the caucus, but also leadership on joint finance. Okay. Uh, we've also had, uh, democratic assembly, uh, leadership as well. Uh, and then as the process began to play on even more of uh, the Senate Republicans and the Senate Democrats, uh, began to be a part of these meetings. And mm-hmm. so, uh we we were we, we we never had a conversation about the shared revenue piece because that wasn't Milwaukee specific, but what we were having conversations about was the was the reality that we're facing and how we we need a local option sales tax and and that's really just asking the Republicans to give us some bootstraps in assist to kind of pull ourselves up because we never had the tools to do that and so uh, I will tell you that these were very high stakes negotiations there are a lot of things. Um, a lot of bad things that we were able to get changed, but there's still some things in here that, that still give me heartburn and that we would like to see removed. But this is also a part of the sausage making process and in the, in the legislative process. And so um, it is my hope that we can continue to, to lean on uh, the Senate as well as the governor uh, to get something palatable, uh, not just for the city and the county of Milwaukee, but for everybody across the state. What's giving you heartburn? What's giving you heart? What's, What's giving me heartburn? I mean, sad. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not having enough, particularly at the county, not enough flexibility, right? And so, you know, we know that we are a part of the the public safety continuum. We are part. Of, I mean, we're in the nerve of that right now. The nerve center. You think about the, the county courthouse, and you know, you, when you tell me that what what I have to do with the savings. And it has to fund public safety and Mm -hmm. I can't fund certain things. You're tying one hand behind my back. Uh, But even when we think about uh, some of the the broader provisions, that doesn't necessarily affect us as a county. But you look at the city. Um, I think the 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 mayor would definitely tell you, and, and and you know, for me as well, some of the changes with the fire and police commission as it relates to the policy uh, making is is gives us heartburn, um, and and you know, when you think about the streetcar, gives us heartburn, and when you think about some of the DEI uh, provisions that are in there, particularly affecting the city, uh, it gives us heartburn. Uh, but again, we're still negotiating. Um, we're going to still continue to have these conversations, but. Um, you
0: know, the, these processes are never easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. some of the DEI things I think have been interesting.
1: DEI is the.
0: Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Yeah, and that is, you know, since you became county executive, that has been one of your top priorities Correct. to address. Correct. So, so, how does this, those kind of guardrails that they're putting up and letting you, what, you know, what, saying what you can and can't do, well, so the D, the, DEI. DE, the DEI efforts does not affect us as a county. Okay. So
2: we will still be able to operate the way that we operate currently. We'll still be able to fund our positions. Nothing will change for us. Um, nothing will change when it comes down to our contracting process and things of that
0: nature. So we are in the clear. Okay. So that's more of a city. That's more of the city. I'll have to ask your, uh, your counterpart in the mayor's yeah, office uh, yeah. what type of things you deal with there.
1: So what can our, I? I always like to focus this on action and people that are listening want, wanting to know what they can do. I, I wanted uh, to sort of add on to that conversation a minute ago that – so I go to Bob swearing in and I stick around because I want to meet Robin Moss. Yeah. <laughs> because he's pulling all the strings. And if I want to change, I wanted him to know who I was and I wanted to look him in the eye and say, "Now you just promised – which is what I did. Mm -hmm. I stuck around. I got a picture with him and posted it. And I said, you just promised shared revenue. Now, I would like you, I could spend two years like chasing Bob Donovan around and (laughs) thinking that I might run again. But if you could please get more shared revenue back, Please do that. that yes. I, you know, it's like I feel like I'm going to hold him accountable. Now I can follow up because I've met him. He knows who I am. Probably did anyway.
0: But, uh, you
1: know, because I ran against Bob. But but that's the point for our listeners. You get in there, you meet these people. You have a, you build a relationship with them, and that's going to impact how you can interact with them in the future so anybody that's out here if you don't know your legislator go meet them
0: oh absolutely. have coffee
1: with them and then right now is a good time to talk to them about how Milwaukee needs what we need or if you're not listening from Milwaukee wherever you are oh you, everyone make needs sure to shared record you need to talk to them about it first of all let's get back to local control so that our local what can matter what can those guys in Madison know about what's happening down here at the county like you can. Like our county execs. So why should they come in and say, I'm going to give you this money, but here's where you need to spend it. This is not making any sense.
2: I mean, no, it doesn't feel like local control feels more like control of the locals. And and I would say that, you know, in serving in the state assembly, you know, I, I definitely understand You know, the thinking of 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 my colleagues on both sides of the aisle and now being at the local level, this is where a lot of the the, the hard work gets done. You know, we're the ones on the front lines. You know, we're the ones that people are coming to talk to when you're walking through the grocery store or going to the barbershop or when you're out in public to talk about the issues at hand, because we are the government body closest to them that they see on an everyday basis. We plug the potholes. We, you know, city picks up the garbage. Local municipalities, you know, we are EMS. We are police. We are public safety. And so people know that we have to deliver. And we just need the tools to make sure that we can deliver successful. Because, you know, some people may say, well, the state success means that uh, that means our local communities will be successful. But I think it's the other way around. The more successful local communities are, the more successful the state is.
1: Exactly. So, uh tell us about the um i live in milwaukee county you want to raise my taxes one percent maybe and um okay so that's there's controversy about that Mm -hmm. and one side one group is saying well the governor put it in where there were no strings attached you could just the county board could vote on it and it would be done yep so now the republicans have come in and said no you can't. Their proposal says you have to go to referendum.
2: Yeah. Well, the governor's proposal said we had to go to referendum too. The difference is, is that we didn't have all these strings attached with the governor's proposal as well as with um uh uh uh, uh the, the 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 assembly Republicans proposal. Okay. But it. W- I will say that when you think about the totality of this bill, the totality of this bill, and talking about where these dollars have to go through all the policy aspects with this. It makes it much tougher to go to referendum and really talk to the community about why we really need this. Um, and so this is about giving the Milwaukee oh. County, particularly a 0.375% uh, sales tax and giving the city, uh, it'd be the, and and honestly, You know, when you think about the top 50 cities, you know, Milwaukee being one of them, they're probably the only one that doesn't have any sales tax authority um, to actually bring in revenue. So this would be the first
0: time that the city would be able to actually collect a a sales tax. So I have a question about that, the whole referendum issue. Mm -hmm. So basically, from what I understand, where we're at right now is Assembly Republicans want to have a public referendum for this, Mm -hmm. whether it's for the city and the county portion of raising the sales Mm -hmm. tax. There's actually some disagreement between Assembly Republicans and Senate Republicans on this issue. Wow, right. (laughs) Uh, So you had Senate Majority Leader Devil Maya Hugh say that he supported, you know, I want to make sure I get the terminology right here enabling legislation that would allow the local bodies of government, Common Council, County Board, to vote on these sales taxes instead of putting them to to, to the public referendum correct. yes
1: is that correct, that okay. is correct. that's correct so what what's to your position that.
0: well our, our
2: position is enabling legislation makes uh, makes this uh, give us gives us
0: more certainty right and so when you think about uh, so just to clarify just because it's it's a weird thing enabling legislation would mean it's voted on by the county by the county common council. Council, council and by
2: county board and that gives us much more certainty right because if this if, if it does get voted down, we're going right back to the state to have this conversation, you know mm-hmm. and, and and one, no matter what, this is going to be a climb, whether we're talking about enabling legislation or doing a public referendum, we still got to make sure that we're raising funds to actually educate the public mm-hmm. um, and let them let them know what is at stake as we begin to move forward. But it's also the process process of expediency. And so when you think about the when you think about being able to do this and through enabling legislation, uh, so for us, no matter when we pass a referendum or through the county board, we'll be able to collect that money right away. But for the city, they have to have a grace period because they've never collected a sales tax before. Mm. So once the vote happens, they have they still have to wait in either 90 days or 120 days before they can actually start collecting a sales tax. Okay. And so if you want to make sure that we can really divert and give them the maximum level of flexibility with the resource that they have
0: access to, we want to give them that ability right away. So, so this is an interesting thing because I think, you know, for years we thought about this pitch for to raise the sales tax mm-hmm. as something that would go to fund transit and parks and health services and all the different types of things that the counties. We had these conversations yes. a couple different times <laughs> yes. in the past, uh, but the nature of that has changed rather significantly through these negotiations, and they put up all these restrictions and guardrails, mm-hmm. and so. I generally am the type of person who says we should have more public involvement. We should have more referendums. We should have more direct say in policies that are, that our you know leaders are making decisions on. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't this go to public referendum? Why shouldn't the people right. have the same? Why right. is this different?
1: Why is that a problem? Why, why is this is
0: changed? I'm not gonna say it's a problem.
1: Schools like, have to do that, you know. Oh, absolutely. Have
2: but if you if you actually look at it, precedent for sales taxes all across the state of Wisconsin. Everybody has the ability to create a, a 0.5% sales tax that has always went through the county boards. Hmm. That has been the precedent, and that's, that has always been current state law to allow county boards to actually be the decision makers on this. Um, but that's again, right. when you th- even when you think about, um, I mean, it's 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 the way that we have to educate the public because of all the policy uh, that has been attached to this, and mm-hmm. so. You know, so yes, I will tell you and say that this does provide us some flexibility. Yes, we have to make sure we pay for courts, we pay for the public safety continuum, but this will give us the ability to back out some of those other property tax dollars that we use to fund these things to give to like the county transit system, to our parks, mm-hmm. fix our backlog, and look towards the future uh, to to making some investments. Um, but I would, but but you know, for for the county, it's it's a little bit different as well. You know, so for us. You know, we we had issues, you know, when it comes down to referendum and we've passed referendums, actually, mm-hmm. you know, I want to say almost 15 years ago about creating a 1 percent dedicated sales tax for the county transit system and for our parks. And even with a Democratic controlled legislature and governor, we still couldn't get that through. Right. And so uh, it is it, fair to it's say it's, it's been a bipartisan, pro- bipartisan yeah. problem. And so, you know, again, this is about expediency and then we we want to follow current precedent that is currently already out there as it relates to the 0.5% sales tax. Mm-hmm. And again, for the county, we're, we're talking about a 0.375% increase. Mm-hmm. So it's not that huge of an increase um, for us, but it's, 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 uh, it's enough to provide
0: enough flexibility to say mm-hmm. the least. But it is very different from the move forward MKE initiative that you've been pushing. Oh, absolutely. Because that was, you know, 1% sales tax increase more or less, yeah. And that going to a public referendum. Yes. So
2: you. Well, would... well we, we would we never actually talked about a referendum. OK. We just well, I mean, wanted it... to increase the sales
0: tax. <laughs> OK. Yeah. So, well, I mean, would you be more inclined to support a public referendum if it were, you know, the no strings attached type of policy? I mean, again, I mean, again, it still provides a lot of uncertainty.
2: I, I can't speak. I can only speak for the county level. And so when we think about the the, the county level, I absolutely would love to have enabling legislation. Uh, But I think that the way we have been able to craft, um, you know, uh, this bill in the way that affects the county, I I do believe that we could probably pass it. Um, But again, it's going to be a it's going to be a a tall lift just in general.
1: Well, I'll just chime in here because schools. We do.
2: We do have the ability to lower property taxes Mm -hmm. because. Pension obligation bonds, which are currently on property tax rolls, will be a part of being paid for by this uh, percent increase. Correct.
1: So selling, <laughs> selling—I hate to put it that way—but there's, I think, a couple ways you can approach a, re- a direct referendum like that. And it, one is you go to them and you sell them on this is why we need this. The other approach is listening first, yeah, and going out and saying here's the needs. But the and thing then coming back the, to the point, the, but that is very time consuming. But the
2: thing is, is that it always gonna boil down to the question that's actually on the ballot. Right. And we don't know what the question is going no, to look like on no, the ballot currently. No. no. <laughs> and I think that that also provides some uncertainty for us as far as how do you move forward to get this passed through to both the city and the county.
1: So that's the thing. I think it'd be very challenging to go out and just sell the people on how we need to we need to increase our sales tax right Mm -hmm. and what's been happening a lot of local communities are are going out to referendum for operating expenses oh absolutely and with mixed success i mean i
2: mean you talk about hills corners who did a you know did their own referendum for public safety and it failed and so they're gonna have to cut some of their public safety
1: they are do you know why it failed i don't i live in hills corners Aren't you gonna ask so I I I, the I, 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 Did him. I vote for the same? No, I did not vote for it. And I'm a big fan of public services. Mm-hmm. And I'm one who would normally vote yes on those kind of referendums because we because I value public services, but the, I did not believe the arguments for it. Mm. And I went to those meetings and I listened to them talk about why we need more police and fire and that you know the budgets have been starved and And then they would say, well, we can't fill the positions we've got now, so we need to add more. And it just, it didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Not only that, they, um, I've been arguing with them for years, not arguing, trying to work with them for years to upgrade the library for handicap access, you know, and they're not doing that. And then I got to tell you, so, so I was, I went to the sessions open-minded. Do they really, do we really need this? I want a safe community. Everyone wants a safe community. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, it's pretty darn safe, you know. There isn't a lot of crime going on in Hillsboro. Corners. No, no, no. I mean, there's normal crime, there's always been crime. It's just not anything that's like top of my radar screen right now. And then, um, you know, if, as far as ambulance services and police response times, Nobody convinced me that we have a problem right For sure. now. So, if you're going to go out to the public, there's going to be do you have a relationship with those taxpayers to begin with? And if you do, did you, did you make them mad in the past? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like are you spending the dollars where, where you know that the people want them to be spent? And then I find out. So this is what's going to go on if you try to pass a referendum with people, a direct ref. You, you're going to find out like that the Hales Corners Village Board had uh, had purchased a property during this referendum process and never told anyone outside of the meetings where you have to do it. Mm. So behind the scenes, they were purchasing property using ARPA money and not telling us that that was going on. And okay. I, you know, we found out about this sort of after the fact. So. I think it's very difficult to educate the public on finances of county of where these dollars go, and then trying to build. Explaining government finance is
2: not the sexiest thing.
1: Right. And who trusts their government? We try. You know, so that referendum lost by four votes. Four. Four votes. Wow. So what does that tell you about the Hales Corners?
2: Well, I mean, I will tell you you that, you know. Four
1: votes. If I would have voted for it
2: what so we would have
1: you know
2: we've had to manage expectations since i've actually been in office because we've we, we want folks to understand where we are you know so you know we've had to make modest cuts to actually kind of get prepared because we don't have a lot of the dollars that we need and resource that we need just to, con- again, to continue the current services. We're not yeah. even talking about adding well, programs or thing, adding people.
1: No, but what, what the one thing the county does well is you inform people all the time. There's newsletters, there's, there's, Meetings, like recently the county board came out to listen to people about the pools and yep. what do we want open. And you do that. I did not see any of that ever happening in Hills quarters. There's no newsletter. There's no. Oh, wow. Well, they send out their quarterly where, you know, the garbage thing. Okay. But there isn't a lot. Of, so having a relationship with taxpayers, you know, oh, it's, you know it's, it's, important. You, it's important. It's and, really important. And so, you know, creating more of a vision for what do we want in this community? And then do these? You know, do we want it controlled by the state or by the local? Right. So we've got to let our legislators know <laughs> that this is
0: – So we're, we're getting close on time here. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple more things about the shared revenue. Yep, not a problem. Before, before we wrap up. So, you know, we talked about the referendum issue. You know, that that's something that there. I think you talked about a little bit at the public hearing at the mm-hmm. state senate this week. You know, that's going to go to a floor session uh, yeah. within the next couple of weeks. I don't know I don't know exactly when that's going to be uh, in the state Senate, but the state Senate, I think it's been interesting to see a number of the people there saying they want to continue to work on this bill to improve it. Yes. Robin Voss said he's done negotiating. So, so what happens next then? Yeah. We, we,
2: we keep negotiating. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's how we move forward. I mean, we we continue to have conversations with everybody on both sides of the aisle in the Senate. We're having conversations as well as with the governor's office and and really trying to move this bill forward, because I I think it's important to talk about the fact that this is not just the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County. Mm-hmm. This affects the entire state. I mean, we're talking about close to fourteen hundred municipalities all across the state. And so trying to get something, I think, is going to be very important. And um, and, and even though I, I heard Voss's you know, statements and, you know, that kind of lights a fire under everybody's butt. But I will say that, you know, it, it would be unfortunate for us to get rid of a statewide fix because of one thing affecting one community.
0: Mm. And that thing being the referendum. That thing issue. being the referendum issue. Okay. Are there any other areas that you see could where the bells could improve as it continues through this process? I
2: mean, outside of outside of those things that that I talked about, I mean, it's it's really about you know flexibility. I think mm-hmm. that even even with the shared revenue, there's there's still some things tied, particularly to to public safety. I'm not saying that it should be, but I I know that they're saying that they're going to change some things related to that, but. You know, having quotas on how many police stops or how many officers you should have, um, you you shouldn't be dictating that to local municipalities because this, again, affects their budgets. And you're telling them how to spend money. And and now they have to make decisions on whether to do X, Y or Z. And that's just unfortunate. And so um, I would say it's really about more flexibility. It's really about flexibility, about how we can spend these dollars, how we can spend these savings
1: moving forward. Can you tell us how do those conversations happen? Do you pick up the phone and call Robin Voss directly, or is it like if I have to,
2: to, I will? I mean, what, you know, we were because- we were we were in high stakes negotiations. You know, you know, I remember, you know, for for about a month straight, uh, I was spending at least two days in, in Madison. Madison, and and these to? and and again, this is this is Robin Voss, this is Devin Lehman, Hugh Mary Felskowski, and Tony Curse have been phenomenal on this issue. Uh, we've had folks like. Um uh, Jesse Rodriguez. We've had folks like Evan Goicke, we've had um Greta Newbauer as well as um
1: Has Bob Donovan
2: been? Uh, Bob, Bob Donovan has been in uh, some of the meetings, not all of them. Um uh we've had uh uh the minority leader Melissa agard as well. Um and and and, and I don't know why I'm blanking on some of their names. I wanna say uh uh, Callahan, uh, or, or who's, who's, who's a Republican on joint finance, okay. folks like that. How about the governor's office? Uh, the governor's office has not been in the, our meetings related to uh, the Milwaukee portions, uh, but we did continue to talk with the governor, give him updates as far as what was happening. Uh, and I know that the, I can just imagine that the governor is having conversations both um, with Robin, with Republican leadership in both houses as well.
1: So, is there any? You know, when you're in those meetings, are there compromises, or it sort of seems like there's only two options on the sales tax: either it's a direct, or it's the. Uh, well, I mean, there was a there was a lot name. of there
2: was a lot of compromising happening throughout this, yeah. uh, throughout all of this. I well, mean, yeah. two years ago, Robin Voss said this would never happen. I mean, absolutely. True. I mean, so, to be yeah. where we are now, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I okay. would definitely say some compromises have been going on.
1: Okay, so let's do the dream thing. Yeah, the and, End it with the dream thing. Let's just say we get this sales tax through. How does it, and, and I live in Milwaukee County, how's it going to affect me? What am I going to see different?
2: Well, one, we'll be able to make actual investments. You know, we, 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 investments in Milwaukee County. And so when I say that, when you think about it, every year we have to start our budget about, and we have to ask our question, where do we cut 20 to $30 million? That's how we have to start our budget process every year. And so to be able to, to to, to to actually have the dollars and the resource to do to cost to continue those services will be phenomenal moving forward um, when we think about a market county transit system I mean we're looking at about a forty million dollar deficit uh, in the next two years and how much will we be able to plug that deficit when we think about this sales tax when we think about um, you know one We've had because of the pandemic, we've also had a backlog in our justice system. And how do we actually get, you know, our residents who are in the jail, get them through court and get them through through justice so it's not slowed down for anyone? And and, and they can serve their time and many of the victims can 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 be relieved because justice has been served. And so those are some of the things that we're talking about. We have a a billion dollar capital backlog. I mean, when we think about our parks alone, that's about five hundred million dollars in capital backlog that we have. And we talk about slowing down justice. We have a safety building right next to us that has been dilapidating for a couple of decades. And five years ago, we had a report done. It's going to cost three hundred million dollars to replace that. And they house our district attorney. They house our sheriff's office. They house our EMS um, with our call center it's not conducive and it's not safe for people to be in that building. So it gives us an opportunity to look at how we can make quality investments uh, in Milwaukee County. That's going to affect everybody, no matter where they live.
1: So I'm going to make a phone call to Mr. Robin, representative Robin boss, and I will let my um, Bob Donovan know too about this. Uh, What, What's the most important thing that our listeners could do right now to help this
2: process along? Well, contact your legislator. I mean, and, you know, you know, for us, it's it's we want to be able to have enabling legislation to really get this ball moving because it gives us the most certainty. I want to be very clear just because we're saying we want to go and have enabling legislation doesn't mean that this is going to pass. Right. Mm -hmm. It's still going to take a lot of educating. And so. Folks need to contact their legislators. Let them know. I mean, I don't care if you tweet, you write, you make a phone call, you email, snail mail, contact your legislator. Because it's not just about the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County. It's about how you're going to receive more money in shared revenue. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that this month, these dollars uh, in shared revenue are going to be tied to inflation now. And so that means that year over year, it will finally grow. And so we won't see the stagnation that we have seen for the past. Well,
1: that just makes sense. And it's personal. It's personal for you. Oh, yeah. I go back to the way you started growing up here. It's personal for me based on my background, and it's personal for our listeners. So if uh, if you could pick up that phone, make a phone call, build those relationships. And I can't thank you all enough. Thank you for, for listening. That's, by the way, what gives us hope. There's all that crazy stuff going on in Madison. There's crazy stuff that goes on right here in Milwaukee. And yet, to think that we can't change it is just not true. We can change it. We can change it um, by, by just gathering people together on an issue, by attending meetings, by, by going to the county board meetings mm-hmm. once in a while, by even touring the facilities that you have where our tax dollars go. There's just so much... You can do, and, and hope means there's more work to be done, to re-quote one of our primary And events. to go
0: back to our first episode, of Bird on the Wire, and we'll end here. Participation is a power agent, so get involved.
1: Get involved. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Dana- thank, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Jayfer, thank you, Dan Jaffer, and thank you to you. all of our listeners. Thank you.